0: Hey everybody, welcome back to AP Comics here on Stuff You Don't Need to Know. I am Jay. I'm Diana. And we are going to be talking some comics. Alright, so Diana, what did you choose to talk about this time around? Red Hood and the Outlaws. The
1: the the Rebirth one, not the New 52 one.
0: Okay, well I'm sure that makes sense to some people out there. Uh, I get all the timelines confused. Okay, so uh, Jason Todd, he is the Red Hood, correct? Yep, Jason Todd. All right, so
1: who are the Outlaws? Well, to t- to make sense to what I just said about, like, oh, not the New 52 one, the Rebirth one. In New 52, the Outlaws were Jason, Arsenal, and Starfire, but the one I'm going to be talking about is
0: Jason, Artemis, and Bizarro. Okay, so Artemis from uh, Paradise Island Artemis or something different? Oh, yeah,
1: the, uh, the Amazon Artemis, not the Archer Artemis.
0: Okay, yeah, because some people who probably watch Young Justice might think that it's it's that one. So this is the Amazonian one. All right, uh, why did you decide to talk about it? Or actually, no, let me let me back that up. Uh, this isn't like a typical title that's out there. You know, uh, you're new to comics. You go into the comic shop. You know Batman. You know Superman. You know Wonder Woman. What made you want to pick up Red Hood and the Outlaws?
1: Well, um, when I first I. Fir- Wait, what came first? Actually, no. I read I read Red Hood and the Allies first because I I don't know. I just because like I just know I just knew about Red Hood and like his whole deal about how he's a Robin who died and then now he kills people. So then like I kind of like that Bizarro. Like you know Bizarro never gets like his time to shine. Like in New Fifty Two, he was only in Forever Evil, as far as I know, and then. Artemis, Same thing with Artemis, you know? Like, she never... It's like she had her run in the 90s when she became Wonder Woman. But then other than that, I haven't really heard much from her. So I thought, like, these these are, like, some, like, not well-known characters. And then, yeah.
0: I wouldn't even... Well, yeah, definitely not well-known characters. But I would kind of go so far, to, so far as to say almost like sort of like misfits and outcasts. Yeah, especially...
1: Yeah, so then it's, like... It's kind of like... They're 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 supposed to be like the anti justice league where it's like you have Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman. So then you have Jason Todd who's like the Batman but he but he kills people. Then you have Artemis who's like the Wonder Woman but she's kind of like the failed Amazon and she too kills people. Then you have Bizarro who's like Superman, but then you know he's incredibly stupid
0: and he does not kill people, so that's the same as Superman. Okay, but yeah, actually, I I didn't even think of that parallel, sort of like the anti or, uh, you know, negative zone or phantom zone version of the Justice League or the big three, really. Um, Alrighty, so you've been reading it for a while. Uh, Currently, who's writing it? And follow-up question, who do you think wrote them the best? Uh, Scott Lobdell's been writing them. I think he's been writing them for the whole 24 issues that have come out that I've read. So um not a writer that she talked about in the past but what do you, what do you think of his writing? I like it. Cause, like I think he's he's like I don't know if he could do like Batman or
1: Superman but definitely like with what he's doing now where it's not it's not as serious, it's more not like jokey but it's more
0: lighthearted. I think like that's where what what he thrives in. Okay, so that's going to kind of me, kind of lead me into my next question. You know, so with some of the books that you talked about, you know, detective comics, kind of that dark and gritty Superman, uh sort of like that hopeful trying to lift everybody up, Green Lantern, you know, the struggles of uh, you know, Simon Baza and Jessica Cruz to be to really realize their full potential. What is sort of the overall tone of Red Hood and the Outlaws? Sort of like that
1: they're all they're all failures and they're just trying to do some good. Like Jason, he was a failed Robin. And then now he just wants to save Gotham the way that he wants to, not how Batman wants to. And then Artemis, of course, how she, in this universe, she didn't become Wonder Woman, but she was, she was kind of lined up. her her backstory is complicated they explain it in this one but then it's like she wasn't supposed to be Wonder Woman she was from a different tribe of Amazons and then her friend kind of became the Wonder Woman of their thing but then the gods like played a trick on her and she went crazy so she had to kill her best friend she was banished from her from her kind of like paradise island which was called Baba McDowell and it was more like Egyptian than it was Greek. So then she kind of like failed there. And then Bizarro, of course, he's a failed Superman clone. Lex Luthor doesn't want him.
0: And, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, definitely, it's almost like this. This title should be called like Red Hood and the Outcasts. Though, oh, you no, know, it is Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah. Oh no, I said outcasts. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Alrighty. So twenty. You said twenty-four issues, correct? Yeah, they're currently
1: on twenty-four.
0: Okay. Uh, any favorite runs uh, in the twenty-four uh, issues that you've read?
1: Ooh, uh, the first run wasn't so good because, like, of course they're setting everything up and they needed to bring art. Like it. Well, when I say wasn't so good, I say wasn't the best. But then it had good moments, like when suit, went Bizarro, when because Black Mask intercepts Bizarro because Lex Luthor was gonna destroy all the Bizarros. So Black Mask has him sitting there. And then he's watching Superman. And then he, he came, he's trying to say up, up in a way. But he keeps saying pup, pup. So then Jason Todd sees, like, oh, Bizarro isn't a bad guy. So he tries to relate to him. So what he does, he goes to Toys R. We. Which, you know, Rip and Peace, Toys R. Us. So he goes to Toys R. We. And he buys a Superman doll for Bizarro. And then Bizarro calls him pup, pup. And throughout the entire run... Bizarro sees Pup-Pup as like a person and he talks to Pup-Pup and he has interactions with Pup-Pup and Pup-Pup is kind of like his guiding compass like to keep him moving along like keep him on the straight and narrow and
0: yeah. Oh that's pretty good. So how does uh how does Artemis figure in? How did she kind of get recruited?
1: Artemis heard that the bow that turned her friend into, like, the evil Wonder Woman sort of thing was being transported into Gotham. And she said, like, this weapon can never be held by mortals. So then what she did is she she was going to go find the bow and kind of, like, keep it safe. But then, of course, the weapon that was being transported was Bizarro, not the bow.
0: Okay, so then that's really how the three of them would meet up. Um... Okay, so if they're sort of like the anti or reverse Justice League, are they sort of like a heroes for hire thing? Like, kind of like what? Like, what is their deal? Are they just sitting around, sitting around waiting for trouble to happen? Do people kind of hire them? H- how does it all work? They're sitting around waiting for
1: trouble to kind of happen. But of course, since Jason, he's still like an underlord. He's still like an underworld like crime boss. But then he says, like the only. But then he says, like his gang is so good; he only needs like three people. So then he's still kind of there. So that's what he does. He kind of like monitors the underworld. He they they fought Professor Pig. They fought, um, but yeah, that was really the only big villain they fought. Professor Pig, Jason. Ooh, Jason did something with the penguin recently. But then, other than that, they they went because Artemis found out where the weapon was originally. They went to like. It was like a fake Middle Eastern country. So they went there to kind of like stop it. But then other than that, they, they just kind of like wait for trouble to happen and then they do it.
0: So are they really tackling kind of more of the criminal underworld? Like, you know, like you, you mentioned the Penguin, uh, you know, like a Carmine Falcone, or are there any super-powered villains that are showing up?
1: Yeah, more more like the criminal underworld because there's a point... This isn't really a spoiler because it's most of the run anyway. There's a point where Bizarro, where Bizarro is dying, and then they bring him to Lex Luthor, so Lex Luthor makes him super smart. And then, yeah, like Lex Luthor fixes him and he makes him super smart. And then, like, what Bizarro's trying to do, he's trying to kind of, like, find where all the henchmen are coming from and kind of, like, root them all out at the source.
0: That's a pretty interesting run. Uh, any other favorite runs that you read uh, in these first 24 issues?
1: Well, of course the the smart bizarro one because that one because, well, because like that one it's like he builds Jason, he builds the outlaws like this giant floating base in over Gotham and it's invisible and then he builds a door that can go everywhere at once. Like he built a door and then it went to the Bat Cave and Jason's like, You you found a way into the Bat Cave, I can't even go into the Bat Cave And this so, and there's that um There there was this one issue where Jason was going to kill Bizarro. That was a good one. I won't... Well, obviously he survives because that's a beginning issue. But then that one ends well. And then the Red Hood Annual where he has to work with Nightwing to stop the KG Beast. That was a good one.
0: Okay, and that kind of leads me into another one. So since, again, you know, like you said, this is sort of the reverse Justice League, do any of the big three, do they... Do they make appearances? Do they kind of loom large over this? Because, you know, I'm sure Batman kind of feels responsible for Jason Todd. I don't know, especially in the, the current run here, how Superman and Wonder Woman feel about sort of their counterparts. So how does the real big three play into this series, if at all? Well, the only one who really plays into it is Batman, because
1: in the first issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws... um. Batman makes Jason promise him to stop killing and Jason's kind of like, yeah, whatever, I'll try. But then like, of course, but then like he actually does keep his promise because he does want to have that relationship with Bruce again. So he does. So he actually doesn't kill for a long time. And when Bizarro is super smart, Bizarro makes him non-lethal bullets, so he could just shoot whatever he wants. So there's one where Professor Pig took over all these kids, and he's like shooting kids in the face. And he says, "Wow, Bizarro, thanks for these non-lethal bullets." So then, yeah, he was really trying to keep that promise. And then, um, yeah, they 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 don't really interact in Red Hood and the Outlaws, but then. I read some of the Trinity book, and then they kind of show up for a little bit, but then Wonder Woman and Superman don't really comment on them.
0: Okay, uh, just kind of with J- sticking with Jason Todd here for a minute, does he still sort of have the same attitude towards Batman that I would remember from Under the Red Hood, where he was sort of like, I don't blame you, f-, you know, I don't blame you for my death, but I blame you for letting the Joker live. Is is, is that kind of still the attitude that he has towards Batman? yeah like he's he still has
1: like that arms' distance length from Batman, and that's why he really makes the deal to stop killing because you know he kind of misses the time that he had with Bruce when he was Robin, so he's trying to rekindle that and there's one like very early on they show like a flashback where like where like Bruce Wayne like where like Alfred was taking a picture of the both of them, and then you see that Jason actually kept that picture. So he still cares about Bruce, but maybe, like, his methods of, like, not wanting to kill or not getting too involved in, like, the underworld. Like, he doesn't agree with that. So he's trying to do what he thinks is right.
0: Okay, so he still kind of has that... He still wants to do what's best for Gotham, but he just feels his way is better. Yeah. Okay, So, out of these three characters, is there any one of them that you really relate to or you really have a connection to?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't really have, like, a connection to them because, like, I don't know. I don't don't have a connection to them, but my favorite out of all of them is definitely Jason, and I think that's because he's had a lot of the focus. He's like, Artemis, she had some focus when they did the whole thing where they found the bow of raw and they were going to stop it but then after that she didn't really get a lot of the spotlight it's like yeah she was there but they didn't really delve in to who she was and like bizarro it's like he was where he was bizarro for like a while but then he became super smart and then they just kind of made him like super smart and then well they did actually make him addicted ...to synthetic kryptonite... ...which was actually keeping him smart... ...so that was cool... ...so then it was like you would see... ...you would see that he would like... ...that he was trying to hide it from Jason Artemis... ...that he was kind of like addicted to this liquid kryptonite... ...and then... ...but then yeah like Jason gets the most development... ...it's like they go into him with his father... ...and like his relationship with his real father... ...his relationship of course with Batman... So then, like, I guess if I had, like, one complaint of the series, it would be that they don't give enough time. Well, Bizarro, I guess, had enough time. But, like, I would want to see more Artemis.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. Is, is this still an ongoing series or did it stop at 24? Oh, no, it's still going. Uh, I don't know.
1: Well, DC didn't say when, when they let out the... Because, like, a while back, DC said, here are all the titles we're canceling. And Red Hood and the Outlaws wasn't on that list. But then it's ending kind of like the end of an arc. So I'm kind of worried they might cancel it. But I don't think they will.
0: Okay. Uh, so maybe there will be that chance to kind of develop uh, Artemis out further. Uh, I know, again, you're more of a fan of the writing. But what about the artwork?
1: Um, I don't know. It's good. It's kind of like... I don't know, it's good, like, I guess, like, with, like, if I had to say anything, it's, like, the colors are kind of muted, but I guess that kind of works, because they're kind of, like, a darker, like, dirtier Justice League kind of thing, so then, I guess, like, that goes with it thematically, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not an art critic, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, you're definitely, more, I, I probably should stop asking that question, because you're definitely more of a of, of a fan of the writers. Uh, so, for somebody who doesn't know this series at all and maybe you know maybe they know Red Hood Jason Todd but that's really about it if hmm how can I word this question so what do you think or, or, or I should say like what type of reader do you think would enjoy this like what other books would they be reading that you would think oh they're naturally just going to love um, Red Hood and the Outlaws um Definitely if you like Batman, you should read it. And d- Oh,
1: definitely if you like Scott Snyder. Personally, I don't like Scott Snyder, but, like, where he kind of does, like, the balls to the wall, everything's crazy kind of thing, you'd like Red Hood and the Outlaws. Um, yeah, like, I like if, if you're just into, like, Superman, I don't think you'd like Red Hood and the Outlaws, but, yeah, like, I would say if you liked a new Superman, you would like Red Hood and the Outlaws, but that got
0: canceled, so... You're hoping for that big comeback of it. Um, Just kind of sticking with, I know last time when we talked, you had a pick of the week and it involved, you know, Red Hood and his involvement with the Penguin. And you kind of mentioned before that he took that oath or made that promise to Batman to not kill, but is it okay to kind of spoil it and say what's going on now? Because you were actually happy to see this happen.
1: Yes, uh, on my podcast, I talked about what happened, and I was very happy, so what happens is, in the latest issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws, Jason Todd, well, like, I need to back it up first, so it will not make sense, so, Jason Todd finds a letter from his father, and then, like, he's telling him how, like, why he was basically a criminal, he said, like, his mom was still, like, a drug addict, and she needed money for help, but then because, but then... Since he used to be a drug dealer, like nobody would hire him, so he had to keep working in the underground. So he was kind of like a henchman for hire. So then the Penguin needed people for a job. But then, of course, the job was to kind of be like the fall guy, but Jason's dad didn't know this. So he took the job, and then the cops found him, and then he went to jail. And then Jason's dad died in jail, so Jason never got to see his dad again. So he blames the Penguin for his father's death so then Oswald Koppelpot he's opening like he just renovated this part of the city and Jason Todd walks right up to him and point blank right in the head shoots him and not with a non-lethal bullet he shoots him with a real bullet and I was like finally Jason Todd is killing again this is who Jason Todd is and this is like I kind of want to see their relationship because so far his relationship with Batman's been good that he's been not killing, but I don't know if Batman can kind of say... can kind of, like, reconcile him for killing. But then, of course, of course, to kind of, like, spare... to kind of, like, build more suspense, I guess, even though the Penguin was shot point-blank in the head, he's still alive, so I don't know how good a shot Jason is if point-blank to the head, he couldn't kill the Penguin, but... Batman is kind of treating it like the Penguin is dead, and he's going after Jason.
0: Oh, so then this, it's really going to get good then going forward because it, it sounds, I mean, point blank. I mean, I i don't think you have to be the greatest shot to pull that off. Do you think there's a possibility that he really wanted to do it? This is the guy he blames for his father's death somewhere in the back of his mind is that that promise to batman so do you think he was going for it last second kind of pulled it to the side sort of a thing like or i mean what's your what's your thought on it
1: i i didn't think of it like that originally but i like that how like kind of at the last second like bruce's voice rang in his head and he kind of like pulled it to the side so it shot through the side of his head but then yeah I kind of like that idea, so that, like, he's still conflicted, like, he's not, like, how he wasn't under the red hood, where he's like, I'm just gonna kill people, but then, how he's still conflicted about killing, because he does want that relationship with Bruce, and then, like, I think if that's the case, it's gonna be interesting when they, when they talk about it, and, of course, by talk about it, they're, they're gonna talk while they're fighting, yeah.
0: I think that's how Batman carries out most of his conversations, you know, punch, kick, a couple of lines in there. Um, Any kind of final thoughts on this series? Obviously, you had mentioned this a few episodes back that once you go to college, you have to kind of pick and choose the titles that you're going to buy. Is this a title that that you're going to stick with? Yes, Red Hood and the Outlaws,
1: I will stick with.
0: So there you go. So that, I mean, I think that's going to tell people out there that this is a really good series because like Diana said, when she goes to college, uh, she will be having limited funds and limited space. So she has to really pick and choose and she's picking to, to keep this one. Alrighty. Well. Last time we kind of did a Pick of the Week. I know it's not really uh, New Comic Day just yet, but Diana, I understand you do have for us another Pick of the Week. So what is your Pick of the Week? This Pick of the Week would have been my Pick of the
1: Week if I read it, and it is
0: Kim and Kim. Okay, I'll put the explicit warning up. it. What is the real title of this comic?
1: Oh, shit, it's Kim and Kim.
0: Okay, I'm actually kind of glad that you that you picked this one because I actually picked it up and read it myself, so... Uh, keeping it kind of spoiler-free, uh, why is, oh shit, it's Kim and Kim, why is this your pick of the week?
1: Um, I don't know. Well, first off, it's from a writer I really like, Magdalene Vasaggio. It's her kind of like a series she created. And then even though there's like a series that ran before it, I still kind of get, uh, not kind of, I still like 100% with, get what this is about. It's kind of like, so Kim and Kim they're both bounty hunters and recently they went corporate. So now they're like you're breaking too much stuff. So then they kind of get like they kind of get like uh, a low tier job and then they're like, "You know what? Like just because this is kind of like a low tier job doesn't mean we can't have some fun with it." So then basically it's like they're going to steal cuz they need to distract this art thief. So they so they say, "All right, So to distract this art thief, we're going to steal the original recording of
0: Obey uh, ooh, Heaven is a Place on Earth. Exactly. Yeah, and I could definitely, you know, testify to the fact that uh, neither one of us read the original run of Kim and Kim. Uh, This is the first, you know, oh shit, it's Kim and Kim. This was the first uh, episode or first issue, I should say. You definitely will know what's going on in it. Um... Kim Q and Kim D, which one do you relate to, or which one is your favorite?
1: I like Kim D more because because like Kim Q is kind of like the wild card. She's like the yeah, she she's like the wild card. But then Kim D is more like the like the straight man. And then yeah, so then like I kind of like that. I don't know. I I kind of like that personality more than Kim Q.
0: Yeah, I'll agree. I mean, I I found Kim Q to be a fun character, but kind of a character we're used to seeing I did like sort of the fact that and it's funny that you said Kim D is the straight man because I did have a theory on Kim D you know my theory do you think do you think my theory is correct I
1: don't know but then well the theory is that Kim D is transgender but then I don't know I didn't really pick up on it and I read through it twice so then maybe but then I don't know she just wears a suit but then a girl can wear a suit so yeah
0: no, a girl could wear a suit. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It wasn't anything I read. It was just a. It was just a vibe I got. Um. But I mean, who knows? We'll see. But yeah, it definitely. I mean, it's definitely Diana's pick of the week. It was the only comic I read, but it was a great one. It's a lot of fun. I, I, I and I know you are. I know you are a big writing fan. I know Magdalene Visaggio is one of your most favorite writers, but I also I love the art in it.
1: Oh yeah, the art is really good. I can't say how it's really good, because I'm not an art critic,
0: but it is really good. Same thing, yeah. It's just really, really good. And it's it's a fun comic. This is a really, really fun comic. To me, uh, and I don't know how many of these movies you saw, to me, it's almost like a lethal weapon uh, in space. Like, yeah, I haven't seen a lethal weapon movie, eh? Okay, well, Diana hasn't seen... The, well, that, that one fell flat on his face. All right, well, before we wrap it up, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit more. Uh, Comic-Con was this past weekend, we got some trailers, so let's kind of go trailer by trailer and just get both of our thoughts, but so let me start with, let me start with Aquaman, so the Aquaman trailer rolled out, Diana, what are your thoughts on this movie, is it making you excited to see it, or meh? I don't know,
1: I'm still, I'm still kind of meh about it, but I can still, like, like I'd still go see it, but then... I'm still kind of like, meh, like. Like, I haven't. Like, I don't read Aquaman, so, like, I don't know. Like, oh man, that's a Fisherman King, or oh man, that's Ocean Master. Like, I know them. But then, it's kind of like, I know. It's like, I know about the Trench. I know about Black Manta, so really, those are the ones I'm going to be focusing on. And speaking
0: of Black Manta, Black Manta was the
1: best part of that trailer. He looks so cool.
0: Oh I got to agree. I think it, it almost looked like straight out of Injustice or Injustice 2 I should say. Yeah, it's like he, he
1: it's like it's like they didn't like they didn't pull like uh where they changed the costume to kind of make it look more like, don't oh, to make it look more believable or something. It's like it's he has the big helmet, he has the red eyes and he has all the air pipes coming out of his back. I don't know if he has the jetpack though. That we got to see
0: yeah I mean, we definitely gotta see it. uh I've been seeing a lot of chatter about this online about the whole underwater thing and the talking underwater. Did you pick up on that? did you like what were your sort of feelings on because we see in Justice League when he goes to atlantis uh Mira creates the air bubble so they could talk. They don't do this in the trailer D- did you notice did you care? I didn't really care. Like My whole thing is kind of like, well, they're Atlanteans. They live underwater, so of course they can communicate underwater. Oh, I totally agree. Um, One kind of feeling that I had is, and it's nothing against the actor. I actually like Jason Momoa. I loved him in Game of Thrones. I loved him in, and I can't remember the name of the show now. He was in in a show on, I think, the Sundance Channel, where he was like a cop in the Pacific Northwest. I think you know make your Aquaman movie, Aquaman movie that's fine make a Lobo movie and this is your Lobo uh, Jason Momoa yeah
1: cause like definitely he is like I don't like again not because I don't like Jason Momoa it's just because like I'd rather see like the real Aquaman like the Aquaman like who's stoic and like He doesn't already have to lead Atlantis, but kind of, I don't know, like not like the, yeah, bro, yeah, bro, not like that kind of guy. But, yeah, he's definitely more of a Lobo than he is an Aquaman. And he even has the hair for Lobo.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got the Lobo hair. He's got the Lobo look. I mean, you you tinge his skin a little bit. I mean, he's Lobo. Uh, Let's move on to the next one, Uh, Godzilla. Uh, What did you think of that one? Well,
1: if, if what I got from the premise is correct... Is basically that there's gonna be an environmental disaster that's gonna wipe out the earth, so the solution to it is just to let all these giant monsters fight, and that's gonna be awesome. I just wanna see giant monsters fighting.
0: Absolutely I wanna see giant monsters fighting too and and this is the stuff I grew up with. Like, I was watching the trailers, like, you know, oh my god, it's King Ghidorah, it's Rodan, um who was a Mothra? Like we saw Mothra, and I could have sworn when we see the little girl and it's like a monster head poking out that that's Gamera, the the turtle. But anytime you got giant monsters fighting, and of course if you have giant monsters fighting giant robots, I mean I'm in. So you're definitely you're definitely excited for uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. Yeah, I just thought I just thought King Kong would show up because
1: well I mean like. This is kind of like the Japanese monster, so it makes sense there's no King Kong, but King Kong was the movie that kind of set up this whole universe, so maybe we'll get a little King Kong, I don't know.
0: Well, there was a King Kong versus Godzilla that Tojo Studios did put out with a ridiculous looking King Kong, but it was a lot of fun, and you never know, I mean, they maybe purposely kept it out of the trailer for that moving right along and i'm going to kind of save one for last so we got two more to talk about uh the crimes of grindelwald uh what did you think and did it make you excited for this film
1: i'm just happy newts commander is a hufflepuff because, because everybody jokes about hufflepuffs but now we got a cool hufflepuff who's actually doing stuff so that that that's a plus good trailer right there okay and if you
0: heard that she said we finally have a good hufflepuff. yes diana is a hufflepuff um I just think the kid that they got to play a young Newt Scamander, or should I say a young Eddie Redmayne, it was spot on. Um, I just love that scene, you know, because it kind of mimicked Prisoner of Azkaban, even with the kids lining up, the way the classroom looked when they were handling the bog art. What What did you just, just real quick, what did you think of that, like what Newt Scamander fears the most?
1: I actually was thinking like, oh, is it a job at the Ministry of Magic? And then it was basically, yeah, it was a desk job.
0: Yeah, which is kind of cool, and it kind of, if you think about it, it fits with his character. He loves these fantastical beasts, so he doesn't really fear that stuff. It's just leading a dull life.
1: Yeah, and then like that, I don't know, I just just like that, because kind of like
0: everybody everybody kind of fears that. But to kind of realize it at that young age is pretty amazing, but you and I also discussed this. Uh, Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, and we both kind of agreed... From what we've seen so far, he's not Johnny Depping it up.
1: Yeah, he's very he's very toned down, so like he, he could be a good Grindelwald as long as he doesn't go too crazy with it.
0: I'm Grindelwald, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like we don't need we don't we don't need to see a repeat of Willy Wonka. I think I think we could agree on that. Alrighty. The one that everybody is talking about. Shazam. Thoughts on that? Red does it make you excited for this movie?
1: Oh that this this is the one I am the most excited about. I love the Shazam tri I love everything about Shazam. And then like now that I learned that the movie is pretty much being ripped straight from the new fifty two Shazam, I'm gonna read the new fifty two Shazam, so yeah.
0: Right, because that's the thing is, you know, uh, friends of mine, uh, you know, Alan and John on their podcast, Nerd and Me, they do the Weekend Geek. Uh, At the end, Alan did kind of say that, like, hey, help us out here with Shazam. And you said currently there's no Shazam comic book. There's probably one coming soon, especially with the movie coming out. So your advice to help people prep would be to read the New 52 Shazam.
1: Yeah, because they're taking the origin and the villain straight from there. And, yeah, like, especially with him being a foster kid living in the house, and then, I don't know, potential spoilers for the movie. He eventually. I know this because the new cover for the new Shazam has all of the Shazam family on there. He gives the Shazam powers to his, like, foster siblings.
0: Okay, because I know that, like, that was, like, something also people were discussing. Um, Zach Levi playing Shazam, it's almost like. The superhero version of the movie big i mean i thought he did an awesome job of playing a kid trapped in a man's body suddenly getting superpowers
1: yeah he like he was able to play it as a kid and then like he it's like it's like and that's the best kind of shazam like not the shazam like who turns into shazam is like oh i'm an adult now doo. it's like he's still billy batson so he's still gonna act like a kid
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, when he when they foil the uh, convenience store break-in and he's, you know, he's like apologizing for breaking the window, but he's like, you're welcome for not getting robbed. And then he sees the girl. He's like, sup, I'm a hero. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah, the only thing I hope they change is when they're training in super strength
1: and he does that stupid dance where you break the stick, pick up the stick. I hope that's just for the trailer and they put something different in the movie. Like, like that's just a scene for the trailer. Because I don't know in 2019 how many people are still going to be doing pick up the stick, break the stick, drop the stick. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that might be a trailer only. Um suit though because that has been generating controversy from day one what were your thoughts
1: I like the suit I think it's better than any
0: DCEU suit so far when I first saw it first run through the trailer I was like oh god that suit um it actually kind of reminded me of his suit from Injustice the Injustice game
1: yeah definitely because like how like it's all like it look yeah how it looks really like even in injustice, his suit looked really rubbery, and then how like the lightning kind of like flows through the lightning insignia,
0: yeah, um I was thinking there's there's something else about it, oh well, I can't remember now, but yeah, i mean i i like I said, first run through, I hated the suit i i I like the suit, I like the look of it. I was going to say legend has it, but rumor has it that either maybe somewhere in the middle or or a stinger scene at the end, Henry Cavill would show up sort of as Superman. Uh, you know, are you kind of excited for like a showdown like that or, or you know, the two of them meeting or you you just like forget it. Forget, forget the rest of the DCU. You just want Shazam. Yeah, pretty much. I just want Shazam like
1: they could pretty mu- yeah like it could pretty much stand on its own like i know like how he has the batarang and the bullet from superman but you can just say like oh these are heroes that exist in this universe and it doesn't have to be connected to the dceu
0: i mean obviously he's not going to make an appearance in this film but you know it's been talked about for for years now the rock is going to be black adam uh so after seeing you know, Zach Levi as, as Shazam and, and how he's portraying it. Uh, do you think that's going to be, you know, in a future movie, do you think it's going to be a good showdown?
1: I think so. As long as they don't get too Marvel with the humor, I think
0: it'll be okay. Yeah, because I definitely think they could pull it off. And I almost, I'm almost going to kind of think they're going to leave Zach Levi the way he's playing it. And they're going to kind of tell The Rock to maybe dial back on the humor, maybe even know him. Because black adam to me and you you're gonna know more because you from things that you read he's really not a funny guy
1: no he is not he is like
0: he was just
1: the he was just a guy depending on what you read he is just a guy from Kondok who found the tomb of teth adam and then said the words and became
0: teth adam so yeah and he's he's like he's all business, so he's he it's it's almost he really is the antithesis of uh Billy Batson's Shazam uh yeah, I think this is a good place to wrap it up so before we go, uh, I'm just gonna give a shout out again to our official comic store main Street comics uh these guys are great, you love them I know it
1: yeah, I think oh yeah today's
0: Tuesday night they might have the new comics, maybe I'll go
1: today I don't
0: know yeah maybe we will yeah i mean see i mean look at that new comics are supposed to come out wednesday but if you know these guys and you show up tuesday night not saying it'll definitely happen but if they know you and you know them eh, maybe you get it a day early all righty so i think this is a good place to wrap it up thanks for listening of course you can find us oh wait one more thing diana please shamelessly plug your podcast uh, it is Elseworld's
1: Finest and you do need the apostrophe S in there I'm a you need to have the correct grammar and then the last few episodes like, if you listen to it the last two episodes like eh, eh, eh. but then the next episode we'll be talking about all the Batman and all the Batman movies and I'm gonna be doing that with my friend Luke so just uh, stay tuned for that one don't quit after those two mad bad episodes so yeah
0: Ooh, we're going to get Luke. I know nobody knows who Luke is, but I know who Luke is. Will Luke sing for us? Maybe I'll have him sing. I don't know. Maybe I'll have him sing the Batman theme song. I'm not being funny here. Luke has a great voice. Uh, he he can really, really sing very well. I'm actually looking forward to that because I love Batman. Uh, alrighty, so this is a good place to wrap it up. Check out all our podcasts, uh, both Stuff You Don't Need to Know and Elseworlds Finest. You can find it on Anchor, iTunes, PocketCast, Overcast. And
1: Spotify.
0: And Spotify, Breaker Breaker. And, uh, oh, geez, anywhere you find a podcast, uh, you're going to find those podcasts. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Elseworlds Finest, does it have an Instagram? No, but we have a Twitter. Nothing's
1: tweeted yet because nobody's tweeted anything. So I'm kind of like, and nobody follows me. So I'm just kind of like, why would I tweet out to nobody? Yeah, but it's just at Elseworlds
0: Finest, capital E, capital F. There you go. Start, uh, subscribe. I don't know how Twitter works. You guys know how Twitter works. Just make Twitter work so Diana can tweet, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to wrap it up here. So once again, this is Jay and Diana and good comic reading to you.